Hey, Bishop. Thank you for coming on tonight and spending a little time with me. It's good to have you on tonight, and welcome to all of our online community. We are so very thankful that you would come. Um, this is an informal night, just kind of hanging out with uh, Bishop, talking about some things that's on everybody's mind, and um, I hope everybody's doing well tonight. Thank you for taking a little time out of your Thursday evening. Now, normally... Um, we would be together on Thursday night for prayer meeting sure. and spending time together. Um, I wish that was the case tonight, but as, as uh, we know, that's it is not. So uh, we're just hanging out in the office a little bit, and um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some good news. By the way, the intro music tonight was our youth praise team. Awesome. Um, they were featured tonight on the um, District Apostolic Crusaders uh, revival online, and so that was a that was a cool deal. Very proud of them. Uh, with that said, Bishop, I want to ask you a little bit about the uh, the shape of of the district right now. Are you getting any feedback from from anybody in the district? Kind of what's going on with that? Well, uh, one of the things that's happening, of course, is that uh, trying to make uh, plans for the summer and that kind of thing, and um, we are kind of in limbo with camp meeting. At this juncture, of course, we've just had to cancel district conference because of uh, the virus. Yeah. And uh, um, so we're trying to work through all of that. At this juncture, we're, we're not pulling the trigger on canceling camp meeting. We're praying that all of this clears out and, and uh, we'll be ready to gather together as a district and, and uh, uh, still talking to uh, some of the men in the district and the district board and, and uh, trying to keep communication lines open there. And, uh, we're going to be okay. Everything's yeah, going to be all right. Absolutely. Have you talked to uh, to any pastors in the district that are having any any sickness in their churches right now, or anything like that? Anything uh, you've heard of? I have not. I have not talked to anyone that's uh, that's handling any particular cases that I'm aware of. Some other sicknesses, but uh, I haven't heard from anybody uh, except uh, some folks down in the southern part of the state okay. uh, that that. Uh, uh, some some very tough stuff. A friend of ours, a uh, uh, mutual friend of yours and mine, sure, uh, just lost a daddy and a sister within two days, and um, yeah. both of them from COVID and some other things. But uh, certainly, uh, but he's pretty, he has himself recovered. He has. He, he has is recovered, recovered and yeah. and doing fine. In fact, I talked to him yesterday, and he was out driving in his hot rod. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Well, these these are trying times, and you know I'm I'm trying to navigate um, the, the church waters, trying to lead sure. the church, and you're helping me with that, and helping with the district, and uh, have been in communication with Brother Carpenter, our general superintendent, about kind of the direction the organization's going. So these are fun times. I mean, it's uh, it's just crazy, but I, I'm I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and me too. Uh, I really wanted to just come on tonight, take a few minutes not only just have a fun conversation with you in the office and, and spend some time, but to encourage our people and let them know that uh, troubles don't last forever. Absolutely. And we're, we're getting, we're getting closer. I, I believe I didn't, I haven't seen it at all yet or read anything about it, but uh, my understanding is you were able to catch some of the press conference today that the president met with governors on the phone yes. and, and they're talking about reopening the country. So they are, and, uh, there's a plan to do that. It looks like it's going to be at this juncture. It's going to be in three stages. Uh, basically the president's leaving it up to 
individual uh, states and governors to uh, bring that all to pass. And the states that are affected the least are the ones, obviously, they're going to open up the soonest. Yeah. And others, it's going to take a little time. But we're there, we're getting there. And, yeah. And I oh, really, I really feel like once the country starts moving uh, in a positive direction, that uh, a lot of this is going to shift. Yeah. Oh, I do too. I really feel like once people begin to realize and understand that life is returning to some sense of normalcy, and we we understand we're not so blind that that uh, we we don't know that it's going to take a little time. But I think that once people realize they're not held captive in their own homes, yeah, and can get out and do some things, things are going to change. Yeah. Well, I I tell you one thing that that's a a fact is this hasn't slowed down busyness in the kingdom. That's for sure. That's true. I mean, we are doing kingdom work a little bit differently. Um, I mean, even just as, as soon as today, as recent as today, uh, man, I was I was full on preaching in the sanctuary to an empty sanctuary, sending a, a sermon off to another church. I mean, the, the church is doing really well right now. Sure. I think for all things considered, the church is doing extremely well, as in the entire body. I know FPC is doing well right now. We're getting great reports from good things that God's doing. And I, you know, I, it can't happen soon enough for me. I'm ready for things to get back open. I don't want to rush a good thing, obviously, but uh, I would rather it just be that when we come together, we're together. And it's, you know, we're not, right. we're not having to kind of phase in over a six-month period. I'm, I'm ready to have church. Yes, but. me too. And, you know, one of the things particularly speaking of our local congregation here is that, uh, she's been a resilient church and, uh, we faced, uh, difficult times before and always, you know, there's a witness to that sitting on our, uh, seats every week. We've got people that are in, been in this church for 35, 40 years, (laughs) two or three, four generations deep. And, uh, we, we are a resilient group of people and, uh, I was so moved on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, at uh, the response of our congregation and how God was dealing with them and touching their hearts. And, and uh, I, I am so excited about the thoughts of going in that sanctuary over there and worshiping with everybody oh, that man. first time. It's going to be it's going to be incredible service. It is. It is. I was just uh, just looking here real quick, man. We got. Got a few folks on watching with us tonight. God bless all of you. We love you. So glad that you've you've joined us. Um, appreciate you spending a little time with us. Um, I read some really cool news today. I th- I thought it was cool. I'd actually seen a couple of people share it, um, but I, I want to kind of have a testimony moment here. For for one thing, um, for those of you that have uh, that have not seen it, uh, the young man that we've been praying for, Brother Andrew Cofield, which is yes. a student pastor in Aurora, Illinois, at Brother Coltharp's church, uh, was 13 days in the hospital. This church, we shared over and over on our, our Facebook pages, please pray, please pray. It looked really bleak. Um, it was kind of a dark season. But um, Brother Cofield's been released. Yes, He is home with his family, and today released a, a testimony video incredible awesome so if you have if you haven't seen that it's incredible go watch that uh, brother andrew cofield and share it we want the world to know god is still a healer Absolutely. he is he is a healer so 
uh, what I wanted to share today is I saw a really cool link. Uh, I shared it on my, my personal Facebook page. If some of you have seen that, but, uh, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this, Bishop. It was very cool. So from the Jerusalem Post, uh, which is a news outlet, obviously, from Jerusalem, um, there is right now a, uh, a professor in Israel that I believe we, uh, we may have the link to it here in just a second. Yeah, here we go. So um, they are doing an, uh, a COVID-19 treatment in Israel, using um, using the placenta um, of a mother after, after having a child, it's a placenta-based cell therapy product that is 100%. One, that's incredible numbers. 100% of the people that they have used this on, uh, the company's uh, PLX cell therapy uh, is working on 100% of coronavirus victims uh, in Israel. Six patients were treated at three different Israeli medical centers for one week. Um, they were suffering from acute respiratory failure, inflammatory complications associated with COVID-19. Uh, four of the six patients also demonstrated failure of other organs, including cardiovascular and kidney failure. 100 Incredible percent of these people are well wow so do you think that's kind of a an interesting thing that that basically god's using the human body to heal the human body yeah i love it i love it and 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 uh you know what i i honestly believe that uh now that that we're we're moving out of the uh pandemic fear stage yeah they're going to be more of those stories than there are of the other kind of story of the thousands and sadly thousands of people have died yeah and and uh we we feel so uh saddened in our hearts for those that have lost loved ones some that even we know personally and and uh it's it's sad but i do believe that we're we're on the verge of some breakthroughs uh, spiritually, medically, physically, uh, they're about to. There's going to be some breaks. Yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, in 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 uh, situations where uh, people that uh, perhaps can't have children, yeah. and uh, um, they begin to take treatments and try to do what they can to make that happen, and the fear and the worry of all of that is lifted, and suddenly. They start having children miraculously. Yeah, I believe that's one of the things we're going to see happen. Oh, I do too. With this virus, we're going to begin to see miracles begin to take place. Some of them, perhaps scientifically, but more than that, I believe that uh, some way in all of this, God's going to get glory and and honor out of yeah. it by touching those that it seemed impossible that they were the young man that you just mentioned. They didn't give him much hope. That's true. And uh, the church began to pray all over the world, and God moved and touched that young man. And I believe we're going to see more of that. Yeah, and I don't I think do that we need to discount uh, the fact that, that uh, the medical world is, is, uh, is able to uh, do some things. And I, I feel very strongly that uh, uh, 
in in some senses, uh, the idea of perhaps coming up with uh, a vaccination that that would fix that is perhaps false hope. Yeah, but I do believe there are some things that are already in existence. Well, let me ask you, since you bring that up, that's a good point. Um, if I now I was my my prime teenage years, I was I was an '80s child, and uh, in the '80s we were preaching in California when the AIDS epidemic hit. Now it obviously wasn't on this scale at the time. Now, globally, AIDS, I don't know they ever considered a pandemic, but it's certainly an epidemic. Sure. Am, am I right? Do I remember right that that there was supposed to be a vaccine for AIDS? There was. And, and did it ever? And there never has been. Yeah. Well, we're not hearing much about it now. That's exactly right. And uh, I, I believe that they've come up with other ways to attack that that disease. Yeah. And uh, have pushed it down. It still exists. Yeah. But they stopped it from becoming a worldwide pandemic sure. with, with other means rather than a vaccination. And I think that's, that's, that's you know, there are people that are pro-vaccine and, and anti-vaccine. I understand all of that, and that's certainly your choice and right. your privilege to, to make those decisions and choices. But uh, to depend upon uh, a group of scientists to come together and put something together that they're going to put into your body to try to fix something that uh, uh, that has, has uh, caused what this thing has caused, I think is, a, is probably a greater risk than to allow people to uh, get out into the, they, they call it a herd. Okay. Uh, and to get out into the population and let them build. Listen, God made this body. The Bible said we're fearfully and wonderfully made. That's true. That's and book. God made this body. And, uh, you know, obviously we've, we've abused it in many ways. Yeah. But God made it to heal itself. Yeah. If, if we, he, he put uh, the, uh, the ability for us to build immunity in our bodies, uh, just like he did put in to us the ability to build immunity to sin. Yeah. He put in us That's the true. ability to build immunity to disease. And our bodies will do that. The problem is, is that people uh, are fearful of the exposure right. to the disease. Yeah, it's true. And uh, it's the same thing with, uh, with our spiritual man. Uh, you know, too much of the time, we find ourselves being on guard and fearful of being exposed to the world around us. But the more we're exposed to it and the more we resist it, right. the more our immunity is, the Bible said, if you resist the devil, yeah, and submit he to will God. flee from you. And uh, so, you know, I, I feel like that, that uh, in some of these cases... I didn't want to go down a rabbit trail there. No, but I understand. In, in some of these cases, we absolutely can trust what God has put in our human bodies to uh, dispel disease by, by our own uh, ability to build immunity. And I don't think, uh, I'm not a medical person. I, I do have a little bit of medical background, but I'm not a medical person. But I, I honestly believe that when people begin to get out 
Yeah. And uh, they are exposed to this thing, and the herd immunity begins to happen, that people are going to, going to find out that uh, we're going to make it through this. Yeah, I, I, I think to me, and, and I, I do kind of want to deal with a different, a different part of the vaccine idea. As, as you said, I want it to be known that we are not anti-vaccine as a church. Right, I mean, that, sure. This is not a religious stance. No. We're not anti-vaccine people. Right. I am anti-fear. Yes. And I think the more that we hear about this, the more we see that the issue is not the issue. Because now, now the talk is from some vaccine companies and, and certain people without chasing rabbit trails, as you said, is that they want a digital tracking device of some kind that goes with the vaccine. I, th- I think to me, this kind of speaks volumes. You know, I, we, we, we talk about the coming of the Lord and it said it in an uh, hour which no man knows. He's going to come like a thief right. in the night. We were admonished to look for signs in the end times. But do you think sometimes, Bishop, that when we start looking for signs, we kind of have a premeditated way that we think it's going to happen? You know, like, let's just use this for the mark of the beast. I mean, I'm not getting on here in some kind of crazy end-time eschatology debate concerning what the mark of the beast looks like, but do you really think it's going to be just as simple as, well, we're going to put a barcode on you, and we're going to tell you that this is the mark of the beast, and you're going to have to take the mark of the beast. I don't believe it's going to be that simple. I think it's going to be a a premeditated fear idea, grip the hearts of the people with fear, some kind of pandemic, whether it be this or another, this is not the last pandemic we'll see no, before I the agree. Lord. I agree. And they're going to use this time to say, okay, look, in 2020, we had a pandemic, we had a virus, and these people uh, went crazy and they bought all the toilet paper. Right. Okay. Now, there's some theories behind that, and I don't want to chase all the theories, but the principle that I'm trying to get to is whenever people panic in fear, they react. Sure. And I believe that in the end time church, the mark of the beast is going to come. What we see in before the coming of the Lord, if we have to live through any any kind of, of tribulation whatsoever, and we're, we're not going to get into pre-mid and post tonight, that's another three-hour right. broadcast. But I don't believe, Bishop, it's going to be as simple as, here, hold your hand out so, so that we can give you this to buy and sell. Because the motive, the agenda behind this, they're saying with vaccine, if, if we do this particular way, we're going to give you a digital tracking device of some kind with the vaccine so that you can be scanned when you come into mass meetings full of people. You can be scanned, and we will know whether or not you have received that vaccine. Does that ring any Holy Ghost bells for you at all? Well, you know, I, I think this is, this is a time where we need to come to the understanding as a church that uh, we're, not, we're not 20 years down the road to that mode of, of things being done. You carry one with you if you carry a phone with you every day. They can track you wherever you want to. It's true. The, the, the issue is the Bible said that that mark is going to be on the forehead or the hand. Uh, I think that this is this is a testing time for the church. Agree. 
that we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to recognize that uh, God is getting us ready for something bigger than what we have experienced to this point. Yeah, and there is a winnowing out, if I can put it that way. Uh, there's a separating out of those that are going to be willing to stand in the face of adversity. Yeah, that are going to be willing to say. I choose to follow God and to believe God rather than men. Yes. And no matter what I've got to face, I'm going to choose the ways of the Lord. Yeah. Fear, fear, as you said, causes us to react. It does. The issue, the issue with us is that as Christians, as Holy Ghost filled, Jesus name baptized, called out, children of God, we are called out for the purpose of doing the will of God and the work of God. And it is not for us to react to things that go on in our world, but to respond to the things that go on in our, oh, that's our so world. Good. And, and that simply means I'm not going to do the first thing that comes to my mind or the first thing that somebody recommends to me, but I'm going to step back and look at the situation. I'm going to look at the total, the picture, the big picture of the the whole situation, and I'm going to find myself responding, not according to men, but according to the will of God and the word of God. Amen. I, I just wanted to say real quickly, we're so glad to have each and every one of you on tonight. I saw several uh, very dear friends, church members, um, I saw some pastors. I saw a few moments ago, uh, Brother Moorfield. Welcome, Elder. We're so glad that you're on. Thankful the Lord kept his hand on you to get you back to the States. Just several that are on. Pastor Strunk, God bless you. Good to see you. I think I saw Brother Hill on here a few minutes ago. Brother Gary Wiles, thank you. Uh, Brother Snitzer, Lord have mercy. Thank you so very much. Glad you're on tonight. I know um, that this is uh, this is probably not uh, something that people planned on doing on a Thursday night. Sure. But I, I really felt led for you and I to sit down because I, I think there's some issues that we've just kind of left out on the table. We're not, we're not chasing goofy ideas here. But, Bishop, I, I think we need to have a spiritual consciousness that this is not just about a disease in the earth, that there are agendas of darkness that we've been praying against during this time. Because if you think that while these, these church doors have been closed around the country and around the world, that the powers of darkness are not running rampant in the earth right now, we've lost our minds. Absolutely. And, and I, I think that if we're not careful, and, and I'm admonishing our local assembly right now, I, I think if we're not careful, we're going to let the end times sneak right up on us and become so desensitized to the scripture because we don't see it happening the way we had premeditated in our minds that it was going to look like. And I, I, I don't want to, again, I don't want to incite fear in the hearts of people. Sure. I mean, if, if, if you're sick and they can give you a shot and, and help you, that's fine. But I, I think we need to use discernment in the Holy Ghost as children of God, that when we start when we start seeing things that are coming, and and again, I don't want I don't want this to become even 
a political conversation. But I mentioned last night in my sermon that there was a particular governor this week that made the statement concerning the flattening of the curve, if you will, right? that in his state, God and prayer had nothing to do with the flattening of the curve. And so if, if you get politically involved in that, in that mindset, then you automatically buy in, well, man can make it on their own. I mean, am I, am I totally off base by seeing this, or is not this the agenda that was in the garden all the way to here? We can make our own decisions. We can fix our own problems. And I think that's, that's kind of where we're, we're leading right now in the end time. Uh, I, I certainly feel like that. And, and the first thing that came to, to mind for me was uh, when Moses went to the mountain to hear from God and to get the law of God, the people, yeah, the people decided that they were going to handle things their own way. They would create their own gods. That's true. And uh, of course, we know and understand the end results of that. But I think it's it's this is a, a time where, and let me just speak to the local assembly here. If there ever was a time that we, we used to say all the time, we don't say it much anymore, that you need to take hold of the horns of the yeah, altar. Well, that's true. And as the body of Christ, this local body needs to bind together in prayer and fasting and seeking God. Because make no mistake, while many lives have been lost and we're certainly sad and sorry about that, make no mistake that that is not the the agenda of the devil. The agenda of the devil is to try to shake loose the church from its, its, uh, its grounding, its foundation. And so it's very important as a church that we recognize that uh, it's time for us to pray and fast and seek God together. We need to be together as the body of Christ, even though we can't gather together in the house of God right now, we're one spirit. We're one people. We've been, we've been separated out by the spirit of the Lord and the name of Jesus. And we must, and, and I know that that sounds demanding, but we must bind ourselves together as the church of the living God and believe God. Listen, we're on the verge of a great revival. We're on the verge of a great move of God like the church has never seen. But we cannot turn our back on the enemy here and just think that yeah. he's going to go away. It's not going to happen. Um, you made reference to the children of Israel in the wilderness. And there's something about that. I've, I've preached this a little bit in the past that I, that I think is very, very interesting. When, when Moses went up into the mountain to be with God, you know, you get this image in your mind. Of course, idolatry in and of itself is, is a God replacement system. Sure, sure. Which, you know, idols don't have to sit on your shelf anymore. Right. But just a system of God replacement is idolatry. But I, I find it very interesting that it was in the time of the absence of the man of God we know God's omnipresent. Right. God was not missing on the scene. That's exactly right. When the idol was created. Sure. They, they got a golden calf 
while their man of God was absent. And that's exactly why I believe that while people are somewhat, and we're, we're doing everything we can with technology, sure. obviously stay connected. I've, right. Man, I've kept a full schedule. I've, I've been counseling. I've counseled some in person, some on Zoom, FaceTime. I mean, we're, but I think the enemy would love to use this time to separate people from the voice of the man of God. It would. So that idolatry runs rampant. And then I, I can kind of see a little bit of a prophetic happening here that I, I think our pastor friends and evangelists need to guard against Bishop because as Moses comes down off of the mountain, he's, he's came out of a mighty, mighty move of God. God has sustained him supernaturally for 40 days. The very finger of God writes on tablets of stone. Right. The laws of God, the beginning, the first 10 of 613. And when Moses comes down and sees that the people have become disconnected while he was not connected with them, they got disconnected from God. He took the weighty matter of the law and cast it to the side. And what I believe we're going to see is a separation right now. As the, the, the first thing the Lord spoke to me, I know there's some watching that may not know what I'm talking about, but the first word that God spoke to me during this, this pandemic virus, whatever, is if you've wanted to see a visual depiction of what it looks like, of the separation of the wheat and the tare, this is it. And I believe that God is going to use this time to line up his church in a way that there are going to be some men that come back to their pulpits and are going to be surprised because they have disengaged completely from the people. They were entertainment-driven from the beginning, and they've disengaged with their people. And they're going to take what God has tried to do during this season of separation and cast it aside, and they're going to be powerless. That's good. Yes, sir. I, I believe I believe that's right. And and the other thing is, is I feel like that this has been a a perhaps a test to uh, help us on a personal basis to find out who it is that we've been trusting in. <laughs> that's absolutely right. If we've been trusting in the man, right, or we've been trusting in the God of the man, yeah. And I believe that we've got to. We have to stay connected to our man of God. That's God gives us that man of God in our lives to direct us and lead us and teach us. And, and we know the fivefold ministry and the purpose of that is for uh, the perfecting of the saints. We understand right. all of that and very vital to, to uh, who we are and what we are. But we, this has been a time that I believe, and I think if we'd all be honest with ourselves, we have all found out on a personal basis just who it is that we, we've trusted in or what it is that we've trusted in because everything that was anything in the lives of people has been stripped away True. from them. Yeah. And from, from the church side of things, the church building, a man of God, our, our fellow brothers and sisters, uh, that whole connection thing has has been disrupted, and then from the worldly side, anything from Hollywood to to sports, it's all been taken away. And we've just—if you're sitting there tonight in your living room, and you have this empty feeling because those things have been stripped away from you or taken out of your life, then you have you have got to do some some self-searching and heart-searching 
and begin to renew your relationship with your God. Yes. And allow God to begin to pull you. The Bible said, if we'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. And this is a tremendous time for the church to be able that when all of this is lifted, when you walk into the house of God, there will be a difference in uh, what your pastor sees in you because mm, you have taken good. advantage of this time to recommit and renew your relationship and your trust, not in the church or not yeah. in the man of God, but in the God of the man. That's true. I think this is a, a principle that we see not only in the story that we were talking about, Moses, Moses going to the mountain. So it, it was kind of obvious the people's relationship was built with Moses and not with sure, God, as you, right, as you were sure. saying. But it's not just a one-time thing. No. This is, so let's go, let's go back to the Genesis. It's not good for man to be alone. So God puts a, a woman, takes the woman out of his side, and I, I think most people are, are aware of that. So what happens is God puts a woman with a man, and the two of them decide together that their idea is greater than God. They start building their relationship to be more powerful than their relationship with him. And then when it's time for God to come to them in the cool of the day, their decisions have been based on their relationship with each other, not their relationship with God. True. When Abraham comes to the uh, to the decision-making time with his nephew Lot, and he says, okay, we've got the well-watered plains, or we can come here. And so... I believe we can see very clearly that it was not Lot's position geographically that caused him to lose out with God because Abraham actually said he was willing to take sure, that's right. the, the well-watered plains. Right. He, he let Lot choose which yes. one you want. So I, I believe that Abraham would have taken the well-watered plains and could have survived. But the, the issue that we see is that when Lot was separated from Abraham, Lot was separated from God. Right. Because he, he had no direct connection with God. It was like Abraham was a conduit. Moses was a conduit sure. for the people. And, and so when we get to the place that our relationship is built solely on our, our, our uh, social connection at church, if I don't get to shake hands with people and hug next with people, have I, lo- have I lost out with God because I built my relationship on the man that stands in the pulpit every week right. or the, the person that sits on the pew with me every week? I, I believe if there's a positive thing that God is bringing through this right now, we are learning that when we come back together, we're going to be stronger because people have been serving God at home. Amen. They I have been that. seeking God at yes. home. I thank the Lord for the precious people of this church that I lead. I thank God for the precious people uh, in the district that that you lead, Bishop, and our pastors. and all. That's all wonderful. But, Lord God, man, we've got to have a relationship with God that can that can last through times like this, exactly. So that when when the storm comes, we can step out and say, "Okay, I, I can't be with my church family." And then when we're together, we're having to wave through the car window right now. But I have something deeper that will last me uh, through this dark season. That does not take away the power of coming together, right? It, it absolutely does not. As a matter of fact, the Lord tries to reconnect righteousness back to a uh, lot through the prayers of Abraham, God literally would have spared Sodom Yes, for 10 righteous people. It's true. Sodom was not destroyed because of their sin. 
They were destroyed because the righteous people that lived in Sodom refused to be righteous in the midst of sin. There you go. I mean, it's the biblical proof was that the Lord, all the way down to 10 people, I will spare Sodom for 10 righteous people. And so what I, what I think we're coming to right now is that people are learning how to stand on their own two feet so that when we come back together in the house of God, we are so much stronger than we were before because maybe, I don't know, Bishop, maybe we take a lot for granted. Maybe there's a lot of people, let's just speak for FPC. Maybe there's a lot of people here that didn't feel like you could make it in relationship with God without your pastor, right? without Bishop. right? And guess what? They're still here. They're still here. They're still here. Right. Well, I, I feel like it that this has certainly uh, had the potential to uh, cause people to uh, turn up their, uh, their sensitivity to the Spirit of God in their own homes. And I honestly feel like there are some people that have, that have done that. I, I can say this on a, on a personal basis and might be uh, a little transparent, but I can honestly say that uh, I've been more given to uh, uh, the Lord speaking to my spirit and dropping things in my spirit uh, more so in the last few weeks than than I, I have been in some time, mm. uh, not because I was backslidden or didn't love God or anything like that, but I think that probably instead of turning our focus to uh, to other things and entertainment, as you as you've mentioned in some of the last few services to to uh, uh, catch up on the latest Netflix and yes. that kind of thing. I think that uh, uh, those that are, that are, uh, s- are correctly in alignment with the Spirit of God and the Word, the Word of God and, and to do the will of God have found themselves not, not uh, gravitating away mm. from the things of God, but gravitating to the things of God. Yeah. I, th- I think it's got to be an intentional move. I do too. There's, there's, there's some things that God's been speaking to me during this process more by more so by impression than anything. But it's that we must be intentional. And and I'll give you an example. Um, well, welcome, God bless all of you. So so very glad that you're here. Oh my goodness, Lord bless you, Sister Karen King. Lord bless you. I see my mother's on. Good to see you, Mom. I saw my friend, Brother Cole, come on just a few minutes ago from Nova Scotia. Love all of you. God bless you. Uh, but uh, as I was saying, Bishop, I think um, one of the things is that if we're not careful during this time, we will allow ourselves to, to become lax because nobody can see us while we're yeah, at sure. church. Right, <laughs> you know? exactly. Uh, um, I was talking to... Uh, I think it was in my conversation with Brother Allard the other night, and he was talking about someone uh, telling him that um, they they were they could get used to this. They said going to Sunday Sunday morning <laughs> church in their recliner in yeah, their, in their yeah, jammies. Right. Um, I've encouraged our people uh, through our online preaching and teaching over the last few weeks. Be intentional. Yes. When you get up on Sunday morning, have your coffee, uh, eat your breakfast, brush your teeth, fix your hair. Yes. And then put on some church clothes and, and, and go watch church. We've got to be intentional with this. We do. Or we're going to just we're gonna begin to slowly um, 
I, I told somebody this week, I said, here's the danger. You don't have to be completely backslid to be backsliding. You don't have to be completely gone. You can still claim that you've got your faith, but be so disconnected that when we come back together, you're not going to be in the same vein that everybody else is. I used to hear you say all the, all the time when I was a kid in different ways, but you would say the thought process was either, either get on the bus or get left. That was, right. that was the kind of preaching I came up under. <laughs> you, know, you get on this boat or you get left behind. Yeah. And here's what I kind of think that I see happening. I see God expediting some processes here that when the church comes back together, we're not going to wait six months for revival. Like we're, we're coming into revival time. We're going to be in revival time. And if you've got to get warmed up, you're going to have missed it. If you're disconnected when you come in, you're going to have missed it. We've got to be very, very intentional about being connected, staying connected to the presence of God every day in our lives. Well, you know, I, I think that as we look through the Word of God historically and we see people who went through difficult times, who faced uh, trials and tests and, and even persecutions, we find those that were uh, mm-hmm. that had the the proper motivation, we find them entering into the presence of the Lord uh, and seeking God for a closer walk with Him rather than allowing those circumstances to push them away from God. Yes. And it's so important that, that we take full advantage. You know, I don't know how much longer we have to do with this. It looks like at least a few more weeks yet, but uh, we've, got, we've got time here that we need to take the time. And like you said, when we walk through those doors for the first time, there's not going to be any warm-up time. We're going to have to, because I believe, well, I know there's not any doubt in my mind that there are people in our community, particularly right now, that uh, are prodigals and backsliders, that their hearts are being shaken and stirred. And I'm going to tell you, when the doors open, they're going to be here. And Jesus we're, we're not going to have time. We're not going to have time to uh, uh, ramp up things, but we're going to have to be ready for Jesus what God name. is going to do. And I believe it's going to be oh, uh, one of the greatest outpourings that we've ever experienced. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. I am too. I, I can't, I just can't let myself get discouraged right now. Sure. <laughs> I mean, We've been heartbroken. We've had some folks that are close to us, very close to us, that have been affected. Some of them I saw were watching tonight that have been very affected by this. And nobody's making light of that or, or, or no, taking that away. Not. What I'm saying is that God is going to do a work in the earth in the end time. We might as well get plugged into it. We might as well get ready right now. You know, I've, I've had some people say, and, and I kind of felt this way a little bit, this whole thing caught me off guard. You know, I I was in California. Um, we were in, in Elk Grove preaching for Brother Young. You had been out there with me right. at No Limits Conference. Right. And then Sister TJ and I stayed over for Sunday, and you came back and preached here. Right. And um, so we stayed over to preach on Sunday, and the, the Sunday that we were there, they got on uh, and announced on, on national news that Elk Grove, the city we were in, was the largest school district uh, in California, was my understanding, and they were the first school district to completely (laughs) shut down because of COVID-19. And that was the last service that Brother Young got to have 
He told me the other day, he said, man, you were the, you were the last preacher that's preached to a full house in this church. And I said, well, you see what my ministry can do for your church. I preach for you one weekend and yeah. your church is empty Clear the next weekend, you know. But my point is that people say, oh, this caught me off guard. It caught me off guard. I didn't see it coming. I mean, you know, that, that Monday we caught our flight and came home. I had no clue that we had one more week of services left. Right. I preached. I came home that night, preached on, uh, I came home Monday, preached on Wednesday. We got one more Sunday and Wednesday. And, brother, we were done. Done. I, I, if you would have told me at No Limits Conference at the Rock Church in Elk Grove that I was going to come home, preach to our people a couple more times, and we wouldn't see each other for a month. Right. I told you you were out of your mind, insane yep. and crazy. So what do you think it's going to be like when two will be in the field, one shall be taken, one shall be left? Sure. Two laying in the bed, yes, one sir. shall be taken, one shall be Absolutely. left. You know what? That sounds like a surprise to me. Yes. But, but here's the part that, Bishop, I don't think people think about when, when they read that, when Jesus is talking about that parable. He said there's going to be two in the field, there's going to be two at the mill, there's going to be two in the bed, and one's going to be taken and one's going to be left. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but that says that it's a 50-50 chance. That's exactly right. Two in the field, one taken, yes, one left. Two in the bed, one taken, one left. That tells me you better get tapped in and you better get ready because if you think coronavirus caught you off guard, the trumpet is going to sound in an hour in which no man thinketh. I want to be tapped into the signs of the time. I'm looking. I think COVID could be one of the signs of the time. I also love to watch Jerusalem. I watch the Temple Institute. I read the Jerusalem Post. I watch the Temple Mount. I, I, I get online and, and look at the, uh, the webcams on a weekly basis of, of the Western Wall. I, you know, I, I'm mesmerized by that. I pray with the Jews uh, from time to time with webcam. I watch all of that, but I'm really, really not waiting to wake up one morning and the Temple be built on the Temple Mount and, and whatever. Uh, but I'm not just waiting for the temple to be built and then say, oh, I guess I better get on board now. Well, I, you know, honestly, um, you know, I'm, I'm 64 years old. No. Nah. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I've, I've seen a lot of things in my life, but I have never, ever seen anything like this. Oh, it's, it's that amazing. They could, that they could shut the world down in a matter of weeks. We were and shut I, down in less than three days. And and I'm telling you that if this can't shake people and get their attention, yes, I know, I've seen some posts today about uh, some preachers talking about, well, you can't get on and talk about fear and judgment. And I'm going to tell you something. If you can't, if you can't see God in this, then as the old boy said, if that don't stir your soul, the spoons fell out of your bowl. <laughs> And, uh, Fat don't light you far, your wood's wet. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so, you know, I feel like if if this doesn't get the attention yes. of the church, I don't know what will. Well, that's true. I don't really know what will because this, this is as close to not being able to buy and sell oh, man. As, as you can get without it being that. Now, we still got plenty of food. We still got heat in our houses. We got homes to live in. Some of us still got a few dollars left in the bank. We hadn't lost any of that. But th- make no mistake, this is this is a test. Yes, this is a test. And 
as Pastor said a while ago, this is not the last pandemic that we're going to see. And how we respond to this, not react, notice what I said. Yes, sir. How we respond to what has happened in the last few weeks is going to determine the uh, the trajectory that the church takes in the months to come. And I'm convinced that it's going to be up. I'm oh, convinced that, that we're going to see an incredible move of God. But church, let me just plead with you right here. Let this wake you up. Don't let this lull you to sleep. Don't yes. think, well, one of these days I'm going to wake up and things are going to be better. Make no mistake. This is God trying to get the church aligned with his will and his word for us to do the work. Listen, these, these uh, online services have been absolutely incredible. We've been reaching thousands of people every service. We can't do that in a church house because we don't have thousands of people in the right. church house. But make no mistake, God's getting ready to do something great, but the church has got to arise. The church has got to wake up. We've got to get some, we've got to get some fight in our spirit. We've got to get some fight in our hearts. We've got to make up our mind. This is for us to get ready for something bigger than we are. That's so good. I, I, was, I was hearing some people the other day talking about they believe that this virus was sent from God. They believe God is doing this as a work of judgment in the earth. No. Uh, you know what came to me, Bishop, uh, just, just kind of for the sake of conversation here. Um, the scripture said that when the Elohim presented themselves before the throne of God, and Satan asked about his servant Job, there were some things that God allowed to happen to Job that God did not send on Job. But it was a testing ground. Yes. God did not send Lucifer to Job. But he lifted the hedge, is what the Scripture said. He lifted the hedge, right. and he said, for a short season, I'm going to give you access to some things. But it's a testing process, and you're going to find out that in the middle of a test, Job is going to start finding out who he really is and who I really am. And what I thought was amazing is that Job, go read it for yourself, the whole chapter, or the whole book, never does he have a conversation with Lucifer. Never once. Right. But in the middle of his trouble, he starts having conversation with God. Yeah. In the middle of the test, he starts having a conversation. He said, Lord... What did I do wrong? And he starts querying God, starts asking and inquiring of God. And before you know it, God starts asking him questions, Bishop. And it was questions like this. Job, where were you yeah. when I popped the chalk line on this thing? Yeah, Job, right. where were you when by the scoop of my hand, exactly. I, I pulled the waters out of uh, the, hollowed out the earth and put water in. What the Lord was saying to him is in the middle of this test, Job, I'm still on the throne. I'm still in control. I still got this. I want to put it to rest tonight. God did not send this virus, right? but God is going to get some glory when this is over. And he does have purpose in it. And he, there is purpose in it. Amen. There is absolutely purpose in it. 
And what I'm afraid of, and this is what keeps me praying, this is what keeps me seeking God, nobody will ever, ever convince me that this is not a test. Amen. It is absolutely 100% a test. Yes. We are in the middle of a test, and all I want to do is pass. Yes, that's right. I want to pass, and I don't want to pass with a D. I want to pass with an A+, plus because I've kept the faith. Amen. Because at the end of this, the, the, the end of the story, as we know it, the coming of the Lord, Jesus asked an amazing question before he left the earth. He said, when I return, will I find faith? Will I find faith? Fidelity. The Greek word is pistis. Will I find fidelity that you are still true yes. to what the word has invested in you? What, what does that mean? Something, Bishop, is going to test our faith. I believe it. Between what we've heard preached. I, there's great men on here tonight. There's, there's a man, incredible. All the people that have joined us. Some, some incredible preachers on here tonight. There's my friend, Brother Lovelace. I love you, man. Thankful for all. I, I think I saw, saw Bishop Tilly. I did. Hey, Bishop Tilly, I love you. I enjoyed your word this morning, Brother Erickson. It's good to see you. Brother Wimberly, I saw you. God bless you. Something is going to test our faith. We've, we've preached it. My Lord, have we preached it. Dear God, I've heard you preach about the coming of the Lord till I, I could have swore I heard trumpets sounding in the middle of church <laughs> as a kid. I've, I've heard you preach about hell till I, could, I felt like I could feel the flames licking up around my feet. But the, the truth is, between the promise of the coming of the Lord and when he comes, Bishop, something is going to challenge our faith. Because he said, I want to know if I'm still going to find it in the earth. Yes. I want to pass the test. And I, you know, the thing that comes to mind about Job is that um, God knew. Hey, Brother Dunlap. God knew that if he could trust anybody, he could trust Job. That's why he could lift the hedge because he had confidence in where Job was in his relationship with That's him. That's it. That's a great word, and Brother I, Wimberly. I think that if the church could ever, if the church ever responded, I see you, Wilkes, to to a circumstance and a situation. Now is the time to do that because God trusts you. Yes, church, hear me. God mm. trusts you, or He wouldn't have let you go through what you're going through right now. Now the test is, as Pastor said. Will you pass the test? Will you find yourself in these circumstances saying, though he slay me? Yet. 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 Will I serve him? Yes. Yet will I trust I'm him? I'm trust him, yeah. Or will you find yourself asking questions, God, why would you let this happen? Please hear the bishop tonight. I want you to hear me. God trusts you enough to bring you to this place in your relationship with him. And now it's time for you to step up and say, though he slay me, I'm mm. going to trust him. Yeah. Man, that's so good. There's my buddy, Randy McFarland. I love you, Randy. Hey, Randy. It's good to see you, buddy. Um, if, if there's anything that I kind of found myself, um, I guess I'll just be 
brutally honest, kind of sucking my thumb about early during this, this situation that we're in. It was that, like, there's nobody you can call to say, how did you, how did you lead through this? Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? And I felt a check in the Holy Ghost one day. Bishop, this is just crazy. It's so simple, but it's helped me. And to, to all my pastor friends that, that, are, that are on tonight, I see uh, a bunch of my friends on here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, there's Brother Knowles. Bless you, friend. I sure wish we could have been together at conference. Uh, we're going to do it. There's my friend, Brother Mills. Good to see you. But this is one, this is one of the things that uh, the Lord spoke to me, and I've kind of found comfort in this. He said, if I would have wanted you to be a, a preacher when your granddaddy was pastoring a church, I'd have, you'd have been born and been pastoring then. If I would have wanted you to be a pastor when the Apostle Paul was working in the earth, you would have been born then, and you would have been pastoring a church in 60 AD. Right. But God has preserved us. Yes, for this time. Like, he believes in us. Amen. Yes, he does. He believes in this message. He yes. believes in us that we love this message. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm not. I'm not on here tonight prophesying, saying that this is the coming of the Lord. I, we've got coronavirus in the earth, so the Lord's going to be here this week. What I'm saying is, He thought enough of us to make Man. it through this. Can you believe that we are so close right now to being the ones in leadership and ministry that are going to present to Him His glorious church? Oh yeah. Oh, my word. Those upon whom the ends of the earth have come. I yeah. believe we're that generation. I, I heard it said uh, uh, I heard it said that uh, somebody wished they would have been uh, during the time of the disciples right. before they came, they became the apostles. And uh, there's an interesting thought to that process because they had to go with Jesus to the, to the ascension at the mountain. And the power of their testimony, Bishop, is they were the ones that told Jesus goodbye. But is it not an amazing thought? Come on now. That we could be the ones yeah. that say, welcome back. Amen. Welcome back. Yes, sir. Would you have rather been in the generation that said, hey, we'll see you later? These are, these are the men that the Scripture said that Jesus Christ was the, the, the very cornerstone. He was the chief cornerstone. Right. The church was built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. We thank God for that. Sure. They're the foundation, but dear God, yes, we're going to be the ones right Amen. here when he comes back saying, hey, welcome back. Praise God. Still standing on it. And I this is what it. I love is that we're still preaching what they preached. Yes, amen. It still takes the same thing to get in the church that it took. When they told him goodbye, the first thing that they started preaching was, repent of your sins, yes. be baptized in his name, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And here we are almost 2,000 years later still preaching the same thing. They told him goodbye, but we're going to tell him welcome back. And it still works. It does still work. Still works. Amen. Man, there's some good word going through here. I see my mother on it. My mom's preaching a little bit on there. Amen. Brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. Praise God. Amen. That's a great word, Brother Wimberly. Thank you so much for sharing that word. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. First Peter 1, 5. Woo, I like it. God thought enough of us yeah. to leave us here. I'm not about to stick my thumb in my mouth no. and say, oh, I hate, I hate pastoring it during a, during a pandemic. I, I'm kind of excited to see what this is going to bring. 
Brother Frederick's on here, Brother Tony Frederick. Hey, man. I love you, man. Thank God for you. It's incredible. Um, we're not going to be much, much longer tonight. We've taken quite a bit of your time. But I want to I thank you all for joining us and, and watching tonight. This, is, this has been awesome. Um, Bishop, I want you to just tell me before we go, uh, I want you to tell me before we go, some kind of an encouraging word that would lift up a, a believer. We've got several, several pastors, several evangelists. I think I saw some evangelists on here a few moments ago, but several of our pastor friends, uh, some bishops. Amen. Look at all these people right here. I want you to speak into this microphone tonight, and I want you to just tell somebody something to encourage them in this season that God's been speaking to your heart. Um, you never know. Man, you've encouraged so many people through the years. Your ministry has been such a strength to all of us. And I, I know I probably sound like your your biggest fan. It's because I am. <laughs> but I, I want you to speak something, Bishop, tonight. Just just be be led of the Holy Ghost and encourage somebody for a moment. Would you do that? Well, I, I would say this to all my brothers and hey, sisters. Hey, Brother Poole, love you. The, the Word of God said that we walk by faith and not by sight, mm. and that we, we've got to understand that things are not as they appear. There are things that are going on in the spirit realm right now that we can't even see. There are battles that are being fought in your communities right now in the heavenlies that you cannot even comprehend. God is moving heaven and earth. I, yes. I had a little... Uh, thought that I want to give to you, but I think I'm going to save that for later. But I want you to understand the scripture said that creation is groaning. It's groaning. I'm telling you that God is getting ready to do something in the earth. Yes, and yes, you yes. and I are going to be a part of something far. The Bible said, I hath not seen nor ear heard mm. we're about to be a part of something that we could we could could not imagine in our farthest imagination that god is going to do there's going to be a release of the supernatural and the miraculous like never before i i would i would say in the holy ghost that you better get ready because there are going to be some folks that are going to walk into your church that oh. are that are Filled with this virus, they're going to walk in your churches, and you're not going to pray for them six feet away from them. You're going to lay hands on them like the apostles told us we would do, and when you lay hands on them, God is going to supernaturally heal them. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Get ready because God's getting ready to use your hands. God's getting ready to use your heart. He's mm. getting ready to use your voice. You're going to be a generation of men that when it's all said and done, oh God. God is going to use you in a mighty way. I know it's been a difficult road. There have been frustrating days, and we've gone through things that, that we've never gone through in our lives, but it all has a purpose. Oh God. God trusts us with it. God trusts us to go through it, and on the other side of it, you know what, Job, when he got finished, he had more than when he started. Oh, I'd like to prophesy to every man of God, every ministry, every saint of God to Thank tell you, you that at the end of this dilemma, you're going to have more than you've ever 
had. I'm not just talking about dollars and cents and cars, and I'm talking about you're going to have more of the move of God and the move of the Spirit than you have ever had in your ministry and in your life. Mm. Get ready for it. God's getting ready to do something supernatural in the earth, and we're going to be a part of it. We're not going to be on the sidelines. The angels are going to step back and say, wow, I want you to look down there and see what's going on down there. There's a mighty move of God, and they're going to be the generation that comes, that brings about Mm. the end of the world. That is so good. My Lord. Thank you, Bishop. This is... uh, this has been such a pleasure. Tonight. I love it. Thank I, you. I know that we're just sitting here in my, my office studio, but I feel the power of the I Holy do. Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't, I don't know. I, I think we've got just over 100 watching right now on Facebook. But I'm telling you, if they can feel just a, a yes. little bit. I feel the power of God. Of what I feel right here. Amen. I believe that God is about to do something incredible. Here's here's what I want to know tonight, just from um, just from our our friends that are watching and 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 listening. There's been a lot of uh, been a lot of creativity, <laughs> a lot of creativity during this time. Sure, you know, a lot of content out there, but I think conversations like this are extremely healthy. Amen. I think it's good for us to come reason together. And so um, what, what we're kind of leading up to is that um, we're getting ready to start putting out a lot more content like this where we can just sit down and be real and not have the pressure necessarily right. of, of performance. If they can tune in, they can tune sure. in. But um, I would like for you that are, that are watching tonight to just leave us a comment and let us know um, if this is something that, uh, that you would jump in with us uh, on more occasions and, and listen to. Because I feel like that God can use this this kind of ministry to answer some questions sure. that, that may not be able to be dealt with um, just on a on a broad scale. Right. So um, I want to personally thank you for coming out. I I know it's late. Of course, you're a late night person anyway. <laughs> uh, it was good to see my my mother uh, hanging in there a few minutes ago. Uh, I I want to mention something, Pastor. Um, I, I want to commend you on the incredible job that you're doing, staying connected to the church, not just this church. As you mentioned, you've already, this week, you've already uh, reached into two congregations that I'm aware of, and maybe more than that. And there's a young man sitting over there that's running the show. <laughs> that's absolutely incredible. I yes, want to thank is. Brother Jordan Fry. Um, he's He's been running that skateboard back and forth to his house and <laughs> getting equipment and setting things up, and he has just been a jewel we are so honored to have him as part of the staff of this church as the pastoral assistant. But uh, I think I saw Sister Lori Fry on here a second ago. If you got anything you want me to say to your boy, <laughs> um, he's he's sitting in here with me right now, Brother Shane Carter. Hey, bless you, my friend. Thank you, Brother Mills, for for saying that. I definitely feel the Holy Ghost tonight. This is uh, it's been great. So here's. Here's what I want to tell you is that we're getting ready to um, we're getting ready to start releasing a lot more um, content like this Great. Um, on a on a grand scale, and so um, I really 
appreciate you taking time tonight. I know our church people do. I'm, I'm watching um, our church people comment and the things that they're saying. Thank you for, for joining us. Um, we need your voice, Bishop, and I thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for spending a little time with us tonight. And um, we're our, our best days are not behind us. I believe that. They're absolutely. Uh, they're absolutely ahead of us. And um, so God's let's, doing great things. Let's pray for everybody, Pastor. Yes, let's, let's bind do it together in Jesus right name. Now. If you would join with us tonight, we're going to pray together in the name of Jesus. Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, we love God, you. We, we thank you for the power, the power and the of, the Holy, of Ghost. the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord, for all God, that have I'm gathered to watch to tonight. Man of God, his I wife, pray, Lord, that the seed children, that has been sown tonight God, that you would lose in the name of Jesus, of it would be planted earth. in good soil. God, that you would turn this world upside down. Let the name down. of Jesus be glorified. God, the power that I pray, Lord, for apostolic revival God, to be released. I pray right now that men and women in their homes, wherever they may be watching from right now, would begin to feel the confirming sign of the Trust Holy Ghost. God. Let it be Strength tonight, God, that great works began to be wrought. Let us walk in boldness. Let us walk by faith. God, in the name we thank Jesus. you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I love you and I appreciate you tonight. Thank you so very much for joining with us on this broadcast. It's going to be amazing when we see what God starts doing. Amen. Not, not just what he's, he's already started. Yes. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I know I, for one, am looking forward to it. Me too. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. Me too. Amen. Um, I, appreciate, uh, I appreciate our church family gathering with us, all of our guests that have gathered with us tonight. And uh, it's going to be amazing. Amen. Yes, sir. All right. Good night to all of Good you. Good night, everybody. We love you, and we appreciate you. We'll Amen. see you next time. God bless you. Amen.